How to Create a Glitch Monologue Season 30 Chapter 8 This is Season 30 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 8. In this episode, we will be drawing together our analysis of capitalism with emotional calibration in the context of economic activity. To start out, in the last few episodes, we talked about how capitalism, that is the alienation of capital from labor, represents through the decontextualization of labor, the removal of the personal from the experience, and the creation of an out, or, in other words, convolution in the thought processes of labor. Likewise, capital also is a recipient of orthogonal thought through the radiation of that depersonalization, must further decontextualize their experience, manifesting in the creation of some product of exegesis, which is repackaged for the masses. This whole process involves the separation of the tension of the laborer's experience from the underlying behavior, which is appropriated according to social reinforcement. Now, in this episode, we will be returning to our discussions of outs, to explain what they are and how they are important. First of all, outs represent the collapse of our consensuality. They are the gaps in our social spaces. They are occasions when we exhibit postural releases, we look away, we are distracted, we leave the room to attend to something, we smoke a cigarette outside, we go for a walk. These occasions are all circumstances where we release some non-consensual impulse, pursuant to the collapse of our consensuality. Which is to say that when an out manifests as a consequence of the decontextualization of labor, it manifests as the release of an impulse pursuant to our shadow self. What does this mean in practice? It means that those impulse purchases that we make as a consequence of having the capital to do so, further to our labor, are non-consensual purchases, the result of a process of decontextualization manifesting at the end of the chain as the entangling of action with our shadow self. Convolution was the word used to describe orthogonal thought, but it is also thought which diverts tension into and out in our behavior, such that we are able to maintain our consensuality through concerted effort. Now, to bring back the concept of emotional calibration, explored in our podcasts on history and throughout this series, the impulse purchases that we make are further to the calibration of the population to a particular era in the past, the direction of those trends the result of systemic encouragement. These trends in behavior are generated by either a mirroring of some tonic, or b execution of the unconscious desires of some tonic, that is, as the dominant. Which is to say that postural releases, which are the most simplistic form of out, generate impulses which correspond to the expectations of the tonic. To bring it all back to capitalism, we know that when people are saving money, when they aren't spending it, they make fewer impulse purchases. This means that in that case, the decontextualization of labor becomes uncoupled from economic activity and the monetary supply no longer represents the economy of decontextualization. In other words, when people are making frequent impulse purchases, we see stronger economic growth, because decontextualization is funneled into the exchange of capital for labor, or products as the produce of labor. Capitalism only works when decontextualization is linked to economic activity which means that decontextualization powers economic activity, when it is so coupled. All of this being said, it is interesting that new trends and styles are frequently objectively discontinuous with the present. In that, 
the decontextualization of style generates reactive responses, mirroring, and generation of trends. All of this leads me to conclude that the method of exegesis utilized by this author is economically dangerous because it alters the movement of decontextualization away from economic activity, providing a ready avenue for exegesis and generation of product, which decouples capital and decontextualization. Perhaps, we might consider abandoning a system built upon the alienation of capital and labor, in the sense that, every person is capable of removing the personal from an experience, radiating its tension outward to some other, producing further opportunities for exegesis, and perhaps, innovation. Perhaps we should view the social economy not as a mechanism for the meeting of expectations, but a parallel marketplace for the production of ideas. After all, consumer products are certainly desirable in a functioning system, but so too are new ideas, concepts and systems. Be that as it may, there can only be so many content creators and so many consumers. Economic conditions of demand and supply govern compensation. In any event, if economic growth is the ambrosia which ensures economic activity, the production of products and their consumption by consumers is a necessary evil, and the decoupling of decontextualization and capital becomes doubly problematic. This author wonders though, if perhaps our inflationary crisis, the rising of prices, has more to do with the gradual decoupling of economic activity and decontextualization represented by the alternative pathway proposed by this podcast, that is, the creation of product from exegesis, the conversion of one's outs into the production rather than the consumption of goods. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.